Hi, I'm Sophie, Marketplace Risks AI Assistant. Welcome to Series 9 of the Platform Podcast, hosted by Marketplace Risk founder Jeremy Gottschalk. The Platform Podcast features marketplace and digital platform founders and leaders sharing valuable lessons that can be leveraged to help you successfully launch and grow. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not professional advice. For specific issues, please seek an appropriate professional or contact us at info at marketplacerisk.com for a referral. Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this episode, I'm welcoming Rich Lee, the co-founder and CEO of New Era ADR, which is an all-digital dispute resolution platform that's revolutionizing how businesses resolve disputes. In addition to founding New Era ADR, Rich is an experienced attorney and startup maverick, including advisor, board member, and investor in technology startups and venture funds. Rich, it's a pleasure to have you on the Platform Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. It's good to see you. You as well. Um, So I hope I introduced you well, but can you talk a little bit more about your background and what led you to uh, launching New Era? Yeah. uh, You know, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney for 17 years. Um, I have an engineering background. And so because of that, started my career as a patent lawyer, um, but quickly transitioned from, you know, writing patents to uh, essentially IP investment banking. And so I, I work for two organizations brokering um, a lot of transactions, buy side and sell side, ha- helping large orgs buy and sell, you know, large patent portfolios or technology portfolios. Um, you know, that led me to leading market development in Asia, uh, where I was building that market and doing a lot of buy side work out there. Um, and then, you know, for me, again, being the kind of you know, technology background. I love tech. I love, you know, everything about tech, um, new gadgets. So wanted to be closer to the tech. And so I went in house, um, and joined two different technology companies. Um, you know, both in the early stage, uh, if you look at my career, the career arc really is kind of building markets, building practices, you know, building companies. Um, but I went in house, joined two different tech companies. One was a FinTech startup, um, small at the time, built it up over three and a half years, uh, and we sold that to an options exchange um, here in Chicago. And then before that sale closed, I joined my last company, which was a data science company, um, started by a data team from uh, President Obama's 2012 campaign. Um, super interesting work. So after they reelected the president, they kept the core data team together um, and launched a company that basically brought data science and analytics to you know, the larger world. So we had clients in government, certainly a lot of private sector clients, um, certainly a little bit of political clients, um, given where the team came from. Uh, And so there also joined early on um, in both positions as general counsel, um, you know, built and scaled the company, also led cybersecurity and compliance uh, and privacy. Um, And so I did that, you know, for, you know, six and a half years, company still doing really well, but I left to get ready to start New Era. Um, with my co-founders and, you know, frankly, the, the, the reason why the, the kind of in one sentence is we built what we wished we would have had when we were in-house, right? And that was an efficient forum, you know, and an efficient platform to resolve what I like to call, you know, the 99% of disputes, right? Because the, there, there's the top 1% of, you know, your highly complex, highly, you know, high stakes bet the company litigation, Right. We don't we didn't build for that. Right. And, and frankly, that's not where most of the pains felt. Right. Because just by the sheer amount at stake, 
you know, companies are are going to be, you know, okay, kind of spending, you know, resources on these these big litigation. But it's the everything else that, frankly, takes up most companies' dockets, litigation dockets, um, big or small, right? And we dealt with our share, and these were the cases that were like the employment claims, the standard breach of contract claims, consumer claims, you know, other kind of one-off things that like it got to the level where there was clearly a legal dispute, but. At the end of the day, this is something that we don't want to spend, you know, 12, 18, 36 months on. Um, But there was no other forum to do that. Right. And so what are we all stuck doing? And, you know, this is kind of that core thing that we're solving for, which is everything's driven by pain. Right. And we end up kind of, you know, subject, you know, uh, settling. Right. Because of pain avoidance and not so much because of the merits of the case. Um, you know, the example I use when I talk about our why is I've had multiple conversations with my past CEOs where the conversations literally go, hey, we have a good case. I will win this, but you should either walk away if it's a plaintiff side case and, you know, we were going to go after someone or just pay them. Right. And I get the same response back, which is, you know, Rich, they look at me like I have two heads and, you know, and then they say, oh, like, you just told me I would win this. What do you mean I should pay them, you know, 250K? Um, it's like, well, let me explain to you what winning looks like. And it's this long two to three year slog. You may get deposed. I might fight it. You might, I might lose. And then you're going to get deposed, you know, and I'm going to drop X dollars on this entire case. So therefore, it makes more sense to pay this person X because even though we didn't do anything wrong, right? And, and that takes place over and over again. Right. In all kind of corners of society and the economy. And it's just, you know, that that's because there was no outlet. Right. And so that's why we created a new era, which is a you know hundred day arbitration. Yeah. So for those who are not lawyers or are unfamiliar with the, uh, the legal system or dispute resolution, can you describe what ADR is generally and kind of what is it an alternative to? Yep. So ADR, of course, stands for Alternative Dispute Resolution, right? And the original intent is that it was an, an alternative to the courts, um, you know, and it was an alternative to the courts because, you know, the court system is, you know, it's it's designed to be a one size fits all, right? And, you know, and so there are a set of procedures in courts that, you know, in our opinion, of course, doesn't isn't necessary for many, many disputes, right? That plus the fact that our court systems, you know, are typically full and, and backlogged. Um, you know, ADR was kind of created about 100 years ago when the American Arbitration Association was created, um, you know, to be that alternative, to be a private setting where, you know, the intent was that, um, you know, organizations, people could have a much faster, much more efficient, you know, forum, you know, to resolve, you know, their disputes. Um, but unfortunately, kind of over the years, as as things evolved, right, the feedback that we hear constantly, especially as we were going to market, um, was that, you know, current arbitration systems felt too much like court, right? And that their rules and procedures felt too much like court. And the cases end up, ended up taking just as long um, and a lot of times costing even more. Um, and so for us, you know, we created a new era to be the alternative, you know, to that. Right. Because we were staying true to that original principle of what ADR is, which is like ADR is an opportunity to define a fair set of procedures, you know, by which to resolve a dispute. Right. And those procedures don't have to mirror court. It's just unfortunately, they currently kind of do in uh, in legacy systems. Um, 
so we, you know, we, we rewrote our rules uh, and we wrote our own set of rules um, that, you know, we felt kind of fairly, you know, gets parties to, to a resolution for, you know, like I said, the, the majority of disputes. And um, I, I can tell you from personal experience, having um, managed uh, disputes, both litigation and arbitration, um, it's shocking how expensive arbitration has become. It's, I would say it's still a little bit more efficient than litigation, but um, in my experience, it's no cheaper. And, and in fact, maybe it's even potentially more expensive depending because it seemed to me that the arbitrators they don't really play with um, they they don't really play with the same rules as you mentioned, but also you've got these new rules and you're trying to to figure them out. But in addition, precedent doesn't mean a whole lot to them. It's kind of like they're they're using their own experience. And the thing I would say about court is uh, litigation is you actually have some precedent you can point to. Um, mm-hmm. But I just found it non persuasive. So you know, to me, it's what's interesting about this is. Litigation is expensive. Arbitration isn't cheaper. Um, and this is a, an alternative to both of those that is more efficient in, in all ways around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that that part of what's super interesting about this, and I want to talk about really quickly about the um, Arbitration Act um, and the fact that judges, the Supreme Court a few years ago, essentially said, and don't quote me on this, but essentially said that if you have, if there's an intent to arbitrate written on a napkin, it's enforceable. Like the idea is that arbitration, if there's an intent to arbitrate, that it's enforceable and it goes to arbitration. And so I think that it, that case alone, you know, there's plenty of them kind of opened the door and, and sent the message like, you know, don't clog up the court system. There are alternative dispute resolution platforms mm-hmm. um, and services that can really save time and money and go use them. Um, yep. So I, I want to switch a little bit. Um, let's talk about, um, so so the, the process, like how does this work um, just generally? And then I want to focus on more specific use cases. But but if I'm a company and I sign up, like how does this work? Walk me through kind of the process. Well, starting with the sign-up process, um, sign-up is probably about as frictionless and easy of a thing that you could possibly adopt in the sense that you know, sure, we're, you know, we're a venture-backed technology company, but, you know, the core tech that you, you, that we have, you interact with only when there's a dispute, right? And so what implementation and signing up means is literally taking a look at your contracts, right? And I think for, especially for the attorneys on, on, you know, in the audience, but, you know, for folks who aren't familiar, you know, usually you agree to dispute resolution clauses by contract, right? And so at the end of every contract you've ever, um, you know, entered into or terms of use you've ever agreed to, there's always a clause that says, if we have a dispute or a disagreement under this agreement, we will resolve it in, you know, the courts in this city, um, this arbitration forum. And so, of course, people are putting us in. But that's literally what signing up means is you just change your contracts or terms of use, your employment agreements, your, you know, vendor templates, your independent contractor agreement templates. Um, and instead of whatever you currently have in there, you put a new era ADR. Um, and by virtue of that, what that means is you've now created a binding legal obligation that any future disputes under that agreement need to come to new era. And, you know, Jeremy, as you mentioned, the Supreme Court, federal law under the Federal Arbitration Act, 
you know, recognizes arbitration. Um, you know, and so those cases are, you know, legally bound, right, to, to come to new era. But then what that means on new era and what that process looks like is you are now choosing to adjudicate and both sides are choosing to, you know, resolve their cases according to our, our set of rules and on our platform, according to our fee schedule. Um, and so as a result of that, we've designed that so that, you know, this is up to 90% faster and more efficient, right? Than resolving your case anywhere else in any current legacy arbitration forum or in court. And so that simple act of changing your contracts, even if you never reach out to us, um, will mean that like any future dispute will cost and be potentially 90% faster and cheaper than if you had chosen, you know, another, another forum, right? So that language during that signup is so important. Um, and for us, everything takes place virtually. Everything takes place on our platform. It feels very much just like any other SaaS platform you've, you've, uh, you know, kind of worked with. Um, cases are filed, complaints are filed, answers are filed on our platform, scheduling, payments, document production um, during discovery, interactions with the arbitrator, the actual arbitrator selection process. We use a uh, almost like a voir dire like process um, where it's a strike and rank. So ultimately, both sides actually have final say in who's going to be presiding over their cases. Um, New Era doesn't simply just drop someone in and say, this is who you get. Um, you know, and so all of that takes place on our platform. You know, we kind of connect to, to video conferencing platforms. We chose not to build our own. Um, and so, you know, basically you will have your hearing over Zoom and then, you know, the final decision or the final mediation outcome, because we do arbitrations and mediations, sure. um, all takes place, you know, within our platform, you know, which is already SOC 2 certified and so designed to be secure, right? And to eliminate kind of documents, confidential information, flying back and forth across people's emails, um, with no, you know, kind of document retention or destruction sure. policies in place, sure. you know, minimizing all of that. Um, and so for somebody, so the great thing about this is, um, I mean, it truly is, I mean, plug and play is probably even an overstatement, right? Because mm -hmm. it's, it, it's, it's all um, incumbent upon um, the business, essentially, or who's ever entering into the contract. Um, it, what's great about this, though, is, is because someone can just change their terms of service or change their agreements, right? They, then going forward, you stay out of traditional arbitration and you stay out of um, litigation. Um, my question, though, is do you provide the language? Because I can imagine that um, there, there may be questions about, like, what exactly does it have to say, right? And um, so my question is, do you provide language that somebody could use to drop into their contract, delete their jurisdiction and venue provisions, delete their arbitration provisions, and something that is super clear that essentially a non-lawyer could do it? Absolutely. Yep. So right on our website, neweraadr.com, um, we have contract clauses, right, that you can, you know, copy and paste into your, uh, your agreements. Um, certainly, you know, we always recommend, hey, make sure you run this by your sure. lawyers, sure. Um, you know, just to make sure that it kind of plays well with the rest of your contract. Um, but absolutely, right? Like, we, we don't expect people, nor do we want people to start with just a, a blank sheet of paper and have right. to come up with uh, their own clause. Right. And, and so I want to talk about kind of our audience in a second um, and, and the reason why that's so 
impactful and important for marketplaces and platforms, particularly startups, right, where resources are a bit constrained and, you know, the, the, the risk and the legal is not the focus. It's um, kind of sometimes an afterthought. But the mm-hmm. fact that they can do this themselves, if necessary, of course, should should be consulting a lawyer. We know that doesn't always happen, but there's a kind of a quick um, an end run to keeping out of traditional arbitration and, and litigation. Um, before we talk about kind of our audience, because I want to talk about some use cases, but can you talk about kind of your current client base and the industries that you serve, just to give an idea of what a diverse population of clients you have and how this is impacting, you know, uh, all different types of industries? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying that litigation and disputes touch every corner of the economy, right? And so, you know, from a customer standpoint, the through lines that we see aren't so much the industries, and we'll go into the industries, um, but it's more the types of cases, right? And and then the general principles. So the types of cases are, of course, what we see most are employment claims. So we're in many, many, many employment agreements, employee handbooks, you know, as a policy saying, if you have a dispute... You will, you know, we will resolve it at New Era. Um, consumer disputes, um, you know, so terms of use, standard breach of contract, so vendor agreements, independent contractor agreements, you know, the whole nine yards, right? Basically, the way I would sum up the types of disputes is basically any type of dispute where you, as counsel for a company, or you, as you know, a founder or operator of a company, would tell yourself if that dispute came up that this is something that I would love to resolve efficiently. Right. But I also don't want to be forced into a settlement just to avoid, you know, three years of pain. Right. Because that that doesn't improve relationships, which we can get into. It doesn't improve relationships. It still creates acrimony when people are just acquiescing to the process versus actually having their merits considered. Right. So any group of cases where you would love to have your merits considered and basically just be heard and go get a resolution win or lose, to put it behind you and put that to bed, this is perfect for all of that, right? And so you can imagine these cases, this, these types of disputes touch every kind of industry. Um, so we have clients ranging from entertainment clients, um, you know, large Fortune 100 entertainment companies, you know, large uh, gaming companies that have us in, you know, all of their terms of use across some, you know, super popular gaming brands um, and very popular entertainment brands. All the way to you know the U.S. Olympics, um, using us for all of their dispute resolution for their athletes, right? And and that's actually a really good in, uh, example because the Olympics wanted to find something that was accessible to a lot of the athletes themselves, right? And that created a fair forum for the individuals, right? And I think that's a really important thing to highlight because that was even though I come from you know the corporate side and you know my co-founders do too. We were very thoughtful from day one about making sure that whatever we designed was also fair and accessible to the employees and the consumers, sure. right? Because we are that that forum in the middle, right? And so, you know, for so that that was a big driver behind the U.S. Olympics, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency um, adopting us. Uh, we have major sports teams, major baseball teams um, that are using us for all sorts of different disputes, commercial, you know, potentially employment, um, things like that. We have a, a large, you know, one of the big six automakers, um, you know, now has us in all of their vehicles warranty agreements. 
Um, and then pretty soon, you know, potentially they're, they're point of sale agreements, right? And, yeah. and that's because, again, these are disputes that they want to be able to resolve quickly with the consumers. You know, it's not for any sort of advantage other than we just want efficiency, right? And right. we just don't want pain driving the process. We just want the merits to drive the process. If we goofed, it's, you know, we as a, as this car company goofed, well, then the plaintiffs are going to win really, really quickly too, right? And they just want to get to the point. Um, same with the big four banks. So we have a big four bank that'll be using us for, you know, mediations um, across, you know, different product lines that they have, you know, but many, many consumers. It's actually a program that they're, they're implementing to try and, you know, almost like help, you know, their, their, um, their individual customers, you know, get to some sort of resolution around, you know, the issues they have with the bank faster um, without, you know, kind of a, you know, using a hammer, so to speak. Right. Sure. Um, so very interesting use cases all around. I, I think what, you know, for non-lawyers particularly, um, uh, and even for lawyers who are not litigators, but um, for non-lawyers, I think it's important that when you talk about efficiency, um, both in time and money, I think people have to really understand when you're in the middle of a lawsuit or you're managing um, some litigation or even an arbitration, right? It's it, it consumes so much of your time um, to the exclusion of the work that you're paid to do, frankly. And then you, people on your team have to participate and support the litigation a lot of times. And people don't understand well, you've got to do data polls. If you're deposing other team members, I mean, the amount of time that it takes away, it sucks away from an organization to focus on their mission or, or their product or their service. Um, mm. It's it's crazy. And it's not um, it's not insignificant in the sense that you could have five, ten people spending their entire day looking at documents, being deposed, uh, preparing for litigation. That's that's one thing, right? That's like the human resource uh, cost. Um, but yeah. on top of it, people think about the ultimate award, right? Like if I, if I sue somebody and I win, I win X dollars. Or if I get sued and somebody wins X dollars from me. That doesn't count all of the lawyer's time and all the lawyer's mm -hmm. legal fees of, uh, involved with it. So when I tell people... You know, it's the it's not necessarily the outcome that you're you should be focused on. It's that process and how distracting it is to you, your team and your mission and how much money you're going to spend on lawyers, even if you win. Right. A winning case can still cost you several hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yep. Millions of dollars, frankly. And so the 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 thing with. Uh, alternative dispute resolution, particularly like this, where you got a hundred days and it moves quickly, and people get to hear their cases heard on the merits. You're not you avoid all of that distraction. You avoid yeah. all of that cost, and it's really ring fenced by the the timeline, which is great, right? You got to get your merits out there, get in, get out, and get done. So it's important, I think, for people who aren't familiar with litigation to understand it's the end result. The damages award uh, is is almost the smallest part. It to me, it's the distraction. It's the amount of people's time that's invested. Yeah. Uh, it's amount of of lawyers' fees that are involved um, that I think really make this all the more interesting um, for you know businesses generically. But uh, in turning quickly to um, our community, so we're focused obviously on marketplaces and digital platforms. 
probably your target in the sense that they're they're digital first, right? These are by by definition, these are all digital platforms who I think would welcome this, um, not because of all of the efficiency necessarily, but because it's a digital platform and they understand technology and they understand how technology can be leveraged. Once they understand the cost, the time that goes into litigation and traditional arbitration, I think the light bulb goes on, right? And it becomes um, a no-brainer. So I want to know if you can talk about and if some use cases or how a platform, whether it's social media, services, goods, um, whatever the marketplace or the platform is designed for, how they could leverage this. Yeah, in many different ways. Um, but real quick, Jeremy, just, just on your point around the distraction. And I think, you know, what I'm about to say is really wrapped into, you know, your, the, the distraction that you're citing um, of litigation. But I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, in addition to, you know, just the individuals, the number of people that might be working on these things. And then, you know, and just the hard, tangible resources. There's, it's the mind share and the mental space, right? That, and I've seen it uh, in my, you know, in exec teams where we have litigation going on. When you're in a sales meeting, you're thinking about the litigation. You're in a product meeting, you're thinking about the litigation. Late at night, I'll get a text. Hey, how's that case going? Right. Because this is now just all consuming because you literally have this dark cloud hanging over your head for 18, 24, 36 months. And it's terrible. Right. And again, that drives the settlements because people think about that, not only the monetary cost, but then do I want to have this hanging over my head for three years? No. So I didn't do anything wrong, but maybe I should pay the person anyways. Right. And again, that dynamics just really messed up and creates a lot of acrimony and sours a lot of relationships uh, in the industry. Um, but going back to marketplaces, um, digital platforms, how they can benefit in a lot of different areas, certainly a few of the areas I touched on, right? So employment disputes, um, that's very straightforward, kind of a no brainer. Uh, also independent contractor disputes, right? And so you think about a lot of these marketplaces employ like drivers, delivery people, and so on and so forth. People who are, you know, generally contractors, and you know, we could get into that that debate about their classification, but disputes with them, right? And again, these are all disputes that it's the ones that make it past the hopefully the early intervention, you know, mechanisms you have, you know, maybe even credits you're going to offer or something. But you know, anything that makes it past, it's like, well, again, can we get this resolved quickly, right? Um, Mass actions, right? And so even though I talk about us being really great for the core 99%, there's a big kind of, you know, there's a big risk out there um, around class actions. And then it's accompanying kind of cousin and arbitrations, mass arbitrations, right? In a nutshell, the gamesmanship and the financial leverage created in these types of cases, a lot of times, again, force settlements, you know, and frankly, once the settlements are, are done, the people who've actually been allegedly wronged don't actually get heard, right? None of their cases are actually considered on the merits. And so for us, we actually created a way um, to allow for those employees, the contractors, you know, the consumers, right, to file all those actions and have their, you know, have those cases move to a next stage where they can actually be considered on their merits efficiently, cost effectively, right, and expediently just without all the upfront kind of procedural and financial gamesmanship. Um, the only caveat is they have to be, you know, 
meritorious cases, right? Frivolous cases will also get exposed really, really quickly because they're going to move past it. Um, So mass actions. um, And so the way companies would adopt us there, put us in terms of use. And then there, you know, give us a call because we have a lot of flexibility on individual cases and on mass actions, right? To calibrate the pricing to kind of the types of cases that you're dealing with and the level of complexity, you know, so that that way, you know, a straightforward consumer case still isn't getting charged, you know, the same price of, you know, a more complex, um, you know, arbitration. Um, And so there, you know, because fortunately we have attorneys on the team too, you know, we understand these cases, we can calibrate the pricing to that. And, you know, when we do that, it benefits everybody, right? It's you and the end customer, the employee, the consumer, Um, fees are reduced for everybody uh, in those situations. And then the last two, I would say, another one is, you know, the escalation point, right? For marketplace participant disputes, right? so everybody has these dynamics where certainly the participants in your marketplace are going to get into dispute. You're going to have different levels and tiers of P2P resolution if you can. But then for the ones that kind of make it out of that and, you know, the two sides are still at odds and the company potentially needs to get involved, that's where for us, you know, it's we can help solve that kind of optics problem that a lot of marketplaces deal with, which is, you know, even if the marketplace has the person to adjudicate a dispute, no matter which side you kind of, quote unquote, rule in favor, the other side's going to say, well, clearly, you know, this marketplace is, you know, they, they favor the, the sell side or they favor the buy side, right? They're biased. And so we can be that independent, neutral, external, you know, no, no stake in the game, you know, organization that does these like escalated dispute resolutions, you know, so those can just come out and then you kind of take away that, that, um, you know, that, that element of potential bias or perceived bias, right? And now you preserve your relationships better with the two market participants, because whatever dispute resolution comes out, that's decided on new era. Well, that's new era. They have nothing to do with X company. And so there's that, right? Then of course, the last thing, is, um, you know, issues around, you know, kind of claims that are protected by the CDA, right, or kind of preempted by the CDA. Um, and so a couple different things there. One, because of kind of the speed of our disputes, you know, you will also get to discussions around dispositive issues, right? So your motions to dismiss, you know, far faster than, you know, even in court, right? And so you can make that appeal that, hey, you know, arbitrator, you know, this case is, you know, generally it's protected by the CDA. Um, and so, you know, we don't have liability. This case shouldn't continue further. Although, and, and as you and I talked about, Jeremy, like, you know, there's also elements, there, there's the second part of the benefit is, you know, as a response to, you know, some of the developments on the Hill in Washington around attempts to try and chip away at the CDA, right? And so even in that world, we like CDA aside, we are just a far faster forum and far more efficient forum to have those cases go be heard on the merits, right? And so, you know, when, you know, something happens on a message board and then, or a a couple of conversations take place on a message board and then something bad happens offline and off platform that are completely unrelated, right? You can have that heard, have the merits of that heard far faster, right? And so even if the CDA doesn't preempt it, um, you know, the, the expense of having that case fully heard and then quickly getting that resolution that like, Clearly, this company had no control, you know, over what potentially happened. Um, that'll get decided far faster on our platform. 
Um, so a lot of different benefits. Yeah, and I think there are a couple of things. One is, um, you know, the the CDA and and the fact that even when um, platforms are the CDA is not leveraged or the judge uh, does not side in favor of the platform uh, under the CDA, those cases generally still fail, right, on the merits. And so while the CDA is supposed to protect uh, the interactive computer services, the websites, the mobile apps from having to go to court or have a full-fledged trial, the reality is, um, you know, it doesn't always work that way. But at the end of the day, the platforms are not liable because there's no causation, there's no special relationship. I mean, there's just they, they didn't do anything. I guess one asterisk would be current cases around um, the design flaws in social media platforms and things like that, where those cases are proceeding and they're actually going after the platform for the design. But apart from those cases, the reality is the consumer or the users are trying to hold the platform responsible for what somebody else did. And so I, I think that that is super, super key for anybody who's operating a, a marketplace or a digital platform because the CDA, which you know I talk about all the time, it's super powerful, super impactful, but it's not guaranteed forever. Um, the thing we know is you're still not likely liable for anything um, unless it was your action. Um, and if you don't have the CDA and you go to court, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars guaranteed on litigation and spending six months, 12 months, 18 months, three years, who knows, litigating this. Um, and so all that distraction, all of that cost. So I think the, the key takeaway from that is, number one, the ability to um, arbitrate under the CDA, understanding the CDA and applying it for platforms. In a world where, number two, there is no longer or there's a weakened CDA getting to the merits faster. I think three is the, you know, the terms of use, um, because the terms of use, as long as they're enforceable, are also super powerful. But you spend a lot of money to get to the merits of the case, even under the terms of use. Um, and I think that, that this would shortcut that. And then the other thing I think that's super important is kind of user conflicts, right? And the ability to put any sort of user conflicts outside of the platform with an objective third party, where again, they might not like the result, as you mentioned, but it's not a reflection of you as a platform arbitrating or mediating whatever conflict. It's a third party that's objective. And again, you might not like it, but it's a reputation saver, I think, for these platforms that when something escalates, the policy is if something escalates to whatever point, it's handled by new era and we're out of it. We're not going to get into the facts, into the merits. We actually have a you know, third party that will manage that. I think that's super key because I think you cover all of the kind of the major risk um, vectors or, or I don't know how you describe it exactly, but tunnels where, where kind of the risk can come in. Um, and for marketplaces and digital platforms who've listened to me before, I mean, these, this is the way to stem some of the, the exposure, the cost, the distraction, all of that. Um, so I think that, that, that um, for platforms that are listening, I think that that's super key to understand kind of where um, the exposure creeps in, the types of issues you'll have, and, and all of the different issues and disputes that um, 
that this can solve uh, or resolve. Um, really quickly, um, how do law firms feel about new era? Like, is it are you cannibalizing their work, or or, or what is their what is the feedback from them? Not at all. Um, and we're we're actually a major value add to their clients, and so you know lawyers are recommending us, you know, left and right, far and wide, um, and that's that's been incredibly validating and exciting for us. Uh, you know, this includes numerous you know Amlaw fifties, much less the Amlaw one hundreds, who are already doing this right with their clients, um, and it is to solve a lot of the issues that they know their clients are dealing with, and that right. their clients currently have no solutions for, which is actually again the core 99% of these disputes, right? Um, like these these employment claims, the consumer claims. And then of course, on the bigger side, these mass actions, right? Whether it's a class action or mass arbitration, um, like a lot of them coming out from like data related issues, right? Which right. is very relevant for the, uh, the marketplace um, audience. You know, a lot of these class actions, the mass arbitrations come from, you know, certainly data breach, you know, announcements, but even any sort of privacy violation or any sort of alleged viol- privacy violation, you know, that's where very quickly, you know, you can expect you know, probably some sort of class action. And so for the firms themselves, for the, you know, of course, right now I'm talking about defense firms. I'll talk about the plaintiff's firms too. Um, for the defense firms, you know, and, and the, the bigger firms, they are recommending us, you know, pretty widely uh, because they see this as a very big, benefit for their clients. In terms of cannibalizing their work, no, we're not. Um, and they, they recognize that. But actually, it's quite the reverse, right? And and we have kind of the financial model that we've, you know, that's kind of been validated by a number of uh, law, law firm economists, where we show that, hey, in a world where cases are coming to a new era, you know, law firm revenue and profitability will go up, right, as a result of a lot of this. And that's because, you know, when you change the entire contours of what a litigate, what litigation means, and you change that to two to three years of nonsense and games to a hundred days of like to the point and fast resolution. You know, there are many more cases that are going to be brought. There are many more cases you can pursue, right? And law firms can design their their fee structures in a way that actually allows associates right, to get way more real advocacy time. Sure. Um, and so. Kind of long story short, in a way, we, we have models that show that not only will they increase revenue, but they'll do that. They'll get that additional revenue actually at even better margins. Um, but the thing is, it's important to mention the plaintiff side. This is actually way better in that world, again, where disputes are coming to a new era. And a lot of these 99% are coming to a new era. Far better for the plaintiffs, right? And people who've actually been wronged. Right. So for all the certainly sometimes from a company perspective, we see the cases that are filed that are frivolous. Um, But for all of those, how many just aren't even brought right by people who potentially have truly been wronged. Right. And and deserve to be heard. But those cases aren't brought because of the same calculus that we talked about. Well, if I bring this, it's going to be X amount of time. You know, I'm working. I don't have time to deal with this. You know, like whatever. I'll just let it go. Right. But that's kind of wrong. Right. And for plaintiffs firms, a lot of them, they don't take on these cases because a lot of times they don't get to that level of, you know, potential like dollar amounts and payouts. Right. Which from an economic standpoint, totally objective and reasonable. Right. If you're a plaintiff's firm, certain dollars, certain you can you can only take on so many cases. Right. But again, it's that same calculus. I can only take on large cases because, you know, if I'm going to devote my time, especially if I'm on a contingency, 
you know, to go collect X dollars and spend potentially 18, 24 months in litigation, there needs to be a kind of a big payout at the end. But that's, again, it's, that causes a lot of these individuals to not be helped. But when the calculus is now, it's a hundred day process. And if I represent this person who has a $150,000 claim and that person with a $100,000 claim, and these are all going to be done very efficiently, I can bring these cases right against against the companies and certainly i know the companies won't you know want to hear that but you know what the cases that will be brought will be meritorious and frankly like in that same world people will quickly realize that frivolous cases just have no place on the platform because sure you can bring one but the purpose of bringing one today a lot of times is to kind of create that leverage to get that settlement right that we all currently voluntarily pay out in a world where it's 100 days i'm just going to say i'm defending it just like any companies will, and then I'm going to win because you have no case, right? And so at the end of the day, it ends up kind of normalizing and equalizing everything, focusing disputes on the merits, allowing plaintiff, plaintiff's firms to take on more of these meritorious claims and, you know, do them at like high volumes, you know, but then allow the companies also to kind of make more objective decisions, defend, you know, the cases that should be defended, you know, and ultimately it's just better outcomes for everybody, right? And better revenue and profitability. Um, and so our goal has always been like, let's just elevate everybody, right? The, yeah. the entire industry. We just don't need to be driven by games and, and pain. Right, right. I mean, the, the, the stereotypical or what people stereotype lawyers as, I mean, this is maybe a good opportunity to rebrand, uh, <laughs> for lawyers to rebrand. Um, mm-hmm. So where do people find you uh, to learn more? Well, certainly feel free to email me directly, uh, rich.lee, R-I-C-H dot L-E-E at neweraadr.com, uh, spelled just like it's it's pronounced, N-E-W-E-R-A-A-D-R.com. Um, otherwise, go to our website at neweraadr.com. Um, you know, certainly if you are thinking about putting us into terms, into agreements, reach out to us so that we can come, you know, before the cases actually are filed right, to kind of come to those fee arrangements so we can better understand, you know, what types of disputes you're dealing with, and we can kind of be flexible and apply um, different cost structures. Um, Because otherwise, if cases are just filed, we're not negotiating at that point, because we kind of have to just adjudicate and administer the case between the two sides. And so it'll just kind of fall into our, our standard, you know, rate card. Excellent. Excellent. That's super great information and advice. Um, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Um, you can check out neweraadr.com to learn more um, or contact Rich directly. It's been a pleasure. I could talk about this all day, but um, we've got to move on to the next thing. So it's been great to have you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. This is great. Thank you for tuning into the Platform Podcast. You can check out more episodes at marketplacerisk.com, along with information about our conferences, virtual events, and resources designed to help marketplaces and digital platforms successfully launch and grow. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Marketplace Risk to stay up to date on upcoming programs, events, and important news.